0: With your permission on the Sabbath before Christmas, I would like for us to imagine that we are all aged, all right, all of us. I realize that none of us thinks of himself or herself as aged, but, I mean, does, doesn't it just frost you when you do those, uh, those surveys and they ask for that demographic information right at the end? They always save it till the end, and they want your age. So 1 to 18, there's a little box, 1 to 18, 19 to 30, there's another box. There's another box, 31 to what? 31 to 59. And the last box, 60 to 1,000. I mean, why did they do that? 60 to 1,000. Do we all have to be in the same category? Everyone in this story checks that box. Because it's intriguing that when Luke, the Gentile physician turned Christian evangelist, when he tells the Christmas story, he bookends it with a man and woman at the beginning and a man and woman at the ending. All right, That's Luke's account. And of course, there's a man and woman in the middle. That would be Joseph and Mary. But the man and woman at the beginning and the man and woman at the ending turns out all four of them are elderly, all four of them, and perhaps not so surprisingly, All four of them are devout and righteous. Now, look, we know the man and woman at the beginning, Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth, the elderly, surprised parents of the little baby they named John. We know, know him as John the Baptist. But the man and woman at the ending, we don't know much about them. They're not a husband and wife, by the way, Simeon and Anna, elderly, also surprised over the birth of a baby, different baby, the Christmas baby. Two bookends to remind us that Christmas is especially good news for the aged, and we are all pretending to be the aged today. title of this Christmas homily, How Much Longer, Waiting for the Consolation of Christmas. Let's pray. Oh, God, how much longer. If time goes on long enough, we will all be aged and gone. May this forgotten passage of the Christmas narrative speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Because it's forgotten, we might as well look it up together. This, the most neglected of the Christmas story, this is it right here. Luke 2 picks up right where our Scripture reading ended a moment ago. The Gospel of Luke. Those of you uh, watching live streaming right now, pull out your Bible with us, please. The Christmas story. We all know the first part of the story. It's the last part that gets left out. Luke chapter 2. I'll be in the NIV today. you didn't bring a Bible, grab the Pew Bible. This is a narrative you want to follow if the Pew Bible is in front of you, page 690 in the Pew Bible. Let's begin. Luke chapter 2. We'll pick it up in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And every time I read this story, I say, oh, God, could you just, could you reveal that to me? Simeon is not a prophet. He's not some special, super-duper agent of God. He's the common man. God, couldn't you let me know? Just let me know that my eyes will not close in death. I will, I, I will see the Messiah when he comes. Wow. Ah. Verse 27, so one day, one day, moved by the Spirit, Simeon went into the temple courts. Something strange is happening inside of me. I just got to get to the temple. I got to get to the temple. There's just this sense of urgency. So he goes to the temple courts, Herod's great, magnificent edifice. When the parents brought in the child Jesus, now there they are, Joseph and Mary. When they brought in the child Jesus, To do for him what the custom of the law required, hit the pause button right there, the baby Jesus is 40 days old. Now, since you asked, my little granddaughter who's sitting here on the front row, she's 60 days old. (laughs) So baby Jesus would be 20 days younger than little Ella in her daddy's arms. So, 40, 40 days old, this is the necessary time to go through the liturgical expressions of gratitude. So they've come. When the parents, verse 27, when the parents brought, the, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, verse 28, Simeon, this is it, this is it, go, 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 go. Simi, Simeon, elderly man hurrying across the, the marbled floor of that temple approaches this peasant couple. We're talking peasant couple. And grabs the child. Imagine the mother and father grabs that child. Simeon took him, the Christ child, in his arms and praised God, saying, verse 29 Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. I can die now. This is the one you promised. Let me die now. Verse 30 For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the pagan world, to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Let me die in peace now. (laughs) The child's... Verse 33, the great understatement. The child's father and mother marveled. What is happening? They marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon turns to Joseph and Mary, and he blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, this child, as he hands the child back, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that was to be spoken against so that, verse 35, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and, oh, by the way, young mother, a sword and this is not the normal little short New Testament sword that's often described. That's the short one. This is the long, like the Thracian sword. This is a long sword. And a sword, sh- long sword, will pierce your own soul too. Wow. I have a painting I want to share with you right now. It's by the American artist Ron DiCiani. His artwork is well known among uh, evangelical Americans. And if I start describing his artwork, uh, some of you have read Frank Peretti's breakout bestsellers, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness, DiCiani. DiCiani uh, uh, did the artwork on those covers. His most popular painting probably is entitled Spiritual Warfare. It's of a daddy kneeling by the bedside of his little child. The night sky out through the curtains, and the father is praying for the safety of his child. Powerful painting. This one is in a, a, a Christmas collection entitled The Gift, given to us by some friends, a book written by Kent Hughes, illustrated by Ron DiCiani. All right. The title of this one is Simeon's Moment. So let's put Simeon's Moment on the screen. And I, I love the way he renders this. I want you to catch that. You, got the, you have this elderly man. He's grabbed this child. He has him in his embrace. And, you know, that hand, one hand under him, that's how you hold a baby, one hand, the other hand around him, and he's just, he's just, he is praising God. You let me live to see the Messiah. So uh, Dishiani uh, places the star, the star of divinity right over the baby, emanating out of the baby, you see. In the background, he has... uh, airbrushed the planet. Do you see Africa? Do you see South America? Do you see America? All airbrushed in to say the Messiah, this baby, is for the light of the whole world. And then there's a tear. Do you see the tear? A silver tear out of that closed eye of Simeon. Is he weeping for joy? Is he weeping over the sword that will thrust young Mother Mary's heart? Is he weeping for what the destined end of this child is to be? He weeps, holding in His hands none other than the God of the universe made flesh. I mean, you, can't, you cannot comprehend what is coursing through that elderly heart. I got I made it. I made it till He came. And if that were not enough, another elderly hurries into this drama. Here she comes. What is this? This is verse 36. And there was also a prophetess. That's in the Greek, prophetess. Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. By the way, she's the only woman declared to be a prophetess in the New Testament. Philip had four daughters. They just prophesied. They're not declared to be prophetesses. This is the only one, Anna. She's now in the long, majestic line of women prophets from Miriam to Deborah to the wife of Isaiah to Holda to Anna. Anna. There's a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. And Luke becomes ambiguous here, and scholars are not quite sure how to translate her age. Here it goes. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. Now, actually, that's not airtight. It can also be she's been a widow for 84 years. If she had been a widow for 84 years and she was married for seven, that means she's been since, since her wedding day is 91 years. She's 15 when she gets married. Let's just say she's 106 years old. So when Luke says she's very old, he means she is very old. We're all aged today. We're all pretending we're the aged ones. Wow. Yep. Yep. And, by the way, she, she, because she's single all these years, coming, she, 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 she never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Verse 38, coming up to them at this very moment. She hears Simeon say, Oh, let me die now. I've seen the promised one. She overhears it. She, she scurries across that courtyard, temple stone Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child. She knows people who are also prisoners of hope. She spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. The end. That's where the Christmas story ends. We always end it with the angels and maybe the magi, but no, it ends in Luke right here. The end. What's going on here? You have an elderly man and woman at the beginning. You have an elderly man and woman at the end of the Christmas narrative. What is Dr. Luke trying to tell us? Could it have something to do with age and hope? Some of you today, here, now, watching, listening, you are the age of Zechariah and Elizabeth or Simeon and Anna. And the older, you know, we've we've observed you, the older you have gotten, the more hope-filled you have grown. That is the truth. We watch you. We hear you. We admire you for your unshakable hope, because we who are younger... Come on, let's be honest. We who are younger... <laughs> sometimes we are too busy for hope, too distracted, too convinced of our probable longevity. After all, I'm going to live to be about 95. I have it figured out. Right? We're all going to live to be about 95, we think, and we watch you. So with a dismissive wave of the hand, we, we essentially, we dismiss hope. We don't need hope now. Hope will be when I'm old. I don't need hope now. But not you. We have watched you like Zechariah and Elizabeth and Simeon and Anna. You are running out of future. And we all know what running out of future means, don't we? The years are flying by. Have you noticed this? The years are flying by faster and faster and faster, because every new year represents a smaller and smaller slice of your longer and longer life. Is that right? We know. Yeah. When life is young and carefree, maybe the word really is careless. Who needs hope when the future is so far away? But when life is running out, you can see the future from here. Zachariah, Elizabeth, Simeon, Anna, and you, maybe you, but here's what I need to say before I say anything else. I need to speak to you who are the aged. You need to know that your presence within this community of faith is a divine gift. Listen to me carefully. Sometimes you think that your life is spent. It's washed up. I'm worth nothing to anybody anymore. My children don't even call. Their grandkids hardly know I exist. You think your life is washed up. It is not. When you come around us, this community of faith truly is blessed. In the Sabbath school classes where you speak out your hope, in the prayer circles where you pray of your hope, in the little house where you live out your hope, you are a blessing to us. You are God's gift to us, and your life is not meaningless. These four had to wait to the end of life to find that divine moment of destiny... And it came when they were wrinkled and about to die. It's okay to grow old. Because while you do, you grow more hope-filled as the days go by. And we are the better for having you around. Thank you. I mean, nobody else in the temple that day, you think about it, nobody, it seemed, was caught up with the ancient hope of the coming Messiah, as Simeon and Anna were. Nobody. Look at verse 25 again. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. Now, look at that, that, that phrase, consolation of Israel, it's a code phrase. Luke was written, of course, for Gentile readers, but the Jewish readers, boom, they know. He's done his research. Because it was, it was a part of a prayer formula. May I see the consolation of Israel, they prayed which being interpreted means, may I live long enough to see the Messiah. I want to live till he comes. Ever prayed that prayer? Simeon believed that the ancient prophet and prophecies of Daniel We're coming true. He's convicted. They are now living within striking distance of Daniel 9's Messianic prophecy. It is coming true, and his heart and his mind are chained, as it were, to the great Messianic hope. And the older he gets, the more hope-filled he becomes, just like you, good on you. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, for the coming of the Messiah. And by the way, so was Anna. First thing she does when she leaves that baby, she finds all those who share the hope. She says, Listen. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. They sang something like that. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel, the hope of the coming Messiah. And so we sing it too. Because the coming of the Messiah again is hardly the elixir promised only to the aged. Fact is, sometimes life as we know it is taken away from us, is it not? Our health, taken away from us, and suddenly we are are running out of the future faster than we ever realized before. Our career, taken away from us, and now all we have left is to hope in something, somewhere, someday, that's better than this. Our family taken away from us. And what we have left this Christmas, what do we have left? Nothing but hope. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, hope in the coming Messiah is an equal opportunity prayer. Aged. Or young or in between, wherever we are today, because there comes a moment for every life when the promise of His coming is the one last hope we have. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. It's the last one you have. That's why the most passionate question in all the Scripture, in my humble opinion, the most passionate question is how long? How much longer? How much longer? Oh God. How long? <laughs> I was stirred by Martin Purbsley. You, know, you know the Sabbath School lesson quarter we're going through right now? December 2. A, p- a sentence just jumped off that page. I tell you what, this man has done a masterful job with this teaching that the world church has studied these autumn weeks. Let me put it, put the first line up for you on the screen. In the, in, in the scriptures, so this is Martin writing. In the scriptures the question how long always asks for the present situation to be changed. Isn't that good? Hold that line up there. In the scriptures the question how long always asks for the present situation to be changed. I'm not comfortable. This is not good. We do not want it this way. If you do not want life the way you have it, are experiencing it now, there's one solution for you and that's called hope. You have to have hope. That's all you have. You don't like it now? You can't change it. You have hope. You have hope. i put it. put his next line on the screen, please. Once we understand the human condition and the prophetic time in which we live, we cannot remain silent. The cry, how long, needs to be put forth? And that's what jumped out of the page, off of that page. We need to be asking God, come on, how long does this go on? It's okay. How long needs to be put forth? As we look around at the world, how can we not plead for the Lord to come in and usher in a new world in which righteousness dwells? How long, oh God? How much longer? The Christmas story makes it clear it's okay. It's okay to cry out into the black midnight, My God, how much longer does this go on? shepherds did, Simeon did, Anna did, when you're desperate for the present situation to be changed, it's the most appropriate cry there is. How long? Prisoners of hope, that's what we are. Hope in what? No, 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 no. Let me end with this. Hope in who? Hope in whom? Because Simeon is waiting for the consolation of Israel. And by the way, that should be capitalized. It's a name for the Messiah. The Greek word can be translated consolation or comfort. It's the same, identical word, consolation, comfort. Paul, in fact, will translate it comfort. Look at this. End with this text, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. Some of you are suffering today and you are crying out, my God, how much longer does this go on? For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort, same word, our consolation, abounds through Christ. <laughs> Simeon was waiting for the only one who could bring divine comfort to that dark night? Christ, our Comforter. Christ, our Consolation. Christ, the Coming One. Ladies and gentlemen, therein lies our hope this Christmas. Amen. Amen. Now, I want, you to, I want you to close your eyes and just for a moment contemplate the coming of the Comforter, Christ the Comfort. Karen's gonna sing a song. She's got a delightful team of musicians who will accompany her the song that sings of the consolation of Israel incarnating into the tiny fingers and eyes of that little infant. Hallelujah. She'll sing, Heaven's love, reaching down to save the world. Listen as yes, she sings.
1: A baby boy
0: So, Father, we go forth with that good news that you are here with us. Because the Messiah came once, we have this hope that he will come again. Hold us. Stay with us until he does. Now may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide with you and me in our journey into a new year. Amen. In this closing moment, I wanted to tell you what an honor it's been to have you as a part of our global television and cyberspace community throughout this year. It's been a privilege to serve you right here. As you well know, the podcasts, the telecasts, the study guides, the books and the literature are all offered to you free of charge, which means no cost to you. But in this year and moment, when we're celebrating God's greatest gift to the human race and the gift of the Christ child, if God's been good to you over the past 12 months and you have some extra blessings tucked away in your heart in your life, and you'd like to invest some of those blessings in our shared journey into the future, I'd like to invite you to make an investment by calling our toll-free number. It's an easy number. You know it. 1877. Two words, His will. One eight seven seven his will where our friendly operators are waiting to serve you. If you'd rather do it on the web, in your own convenience, you can do it there. Go to www.pmchurch.tv pmchurch.tv. You'll notice a holiday banner up in the corner. Click on do it. The simple directions are all there. No direct mail to you. No telephone calls from us. It can be for you a one-stop, one-time gift. Or if you wish, you can repeat your generosity in the new year. So, if God has blessed you, and you'd like to invest some of that blessing in our New Year mission to reach this world for the soon-coming Jesus, just call our toll-free number 1-877-HIS-WILL or go to our website pmchurch.tv because this much I know, we're facing an incredible and uncharted adventure ahead. The New Year is going to be the most significant year you and I have lived here on this planet, period. But the good news is that we get to make the journey together, together with Christ. And so I hope you come back to this station, come back to this site every step of the way. Tell your friends about it. Let's grow this community for Christ. And until we meet back here on the television or on the web, may I wish for you a very blessed holiday. Thank you for sharing the journey.